Welcome to Philanthropy Today, a podcast about the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Together, we'll learn about the goals of the GMCF and the work of its staff, board members, and trustees. You'll hear about the GMCF's affiliate partners throughout North Central Kansas, and we'll also explore the efforts of area nonprofit agencies, their staff, and volunteers. Now, here's your host of Philanthropy Today, Dave Lewis. With the GMCF, there's so many things, so many opportunities that, especially this time of year, um, one or a family or a group of business, whatever the case may be, have an opportunity to enhance lives of others in so many ways. And, And, you know, G stands for greater, but, you know, we can also say it stands for gift. Right. And today we have Vern Henrichs, President and CEO of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation and Director of Philanthropy, Mitzi Richards, in the studio on Philanthropy Today. Welcome to the show. Indeed. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Well, I didn't do the invitation, but you know, that's, that's quite all right. I'll, I'll take the credit for it. We hire him, Mitz, so yeah. Uh, okay. okay. There okay. are so many it. neat things about being in this environment, and, and it's, it's inspiring to walk in the door you know, and because, and I think, Mitzi, you said this before, about the happiness that you get from giving. The joy of giving. The joy of giving. Yes. And that's, that's, a, that's a great thing here. And here we are with, uh, you know, the closing days of 2022, Vern. And there are so many things that the people are talking about, thinking about. How to close out 2022 may not just be about getting all the presents you need to give for your family or your staff or whatever the case may be, but also how you can enhance your community. That's right. I mean, Mitz and I are always talking about uh, year-end stuff. I mean, we've been doing this for so long that uh, there's so many family stories, family discussions about the holidays and and what people talk about, not only in our own families, but uh, uh, others that are thinking about year-end giving and stuff. And uh, uh, it's it's really a kind of a special time of the year because of that um you know we uh we've been talking to families that are involved in a business sale we've been talking to families that are been involved of you know wanting to give appreciated stock to their favorite charities uh you know we just recently had a family board meeting that we kind of manage the funds here where they were talking about they give their kids in the families a certain amount of money to gift out so there's just so many wonderful examples of of people that um, have the ability to give and and want to want to share it generationally but uh, uh, just you know they don't really expect much from themselves they really the value they get out of that is just the the feelings that they they can help others and that's the beauty of the time of the year and we kind of like to make Christmas 12 months out of the year so uh, I was just about to make a comment that you know there's a lot of focus in December but you know around here it's a uh, it's 24 7 365 and and he called you Mitz. Can I call you Mitz? You can. I, I can call you Mitzy. You I, I, I'm probably going to call She's you Mitzy. She's my philanthropic anyway. sister. So <laughs> is that uh, what it is? Okay. All right. So you're the uh, the PHS. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I I just echo what Vern said. I mean, I think um, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation is a resource all year long, but certainly in this season of giving, it's a time of year when we're really focused on what can we do for others. How are there others in need and what can we do to help them out? However, um, all year long, I think we are a guiding source. We can help folks when they are maybe wanting to explore, 
you know, how they can give back. Not really sure. They have some causes that they have passion for, or maybe they've routinely gifted to over their life. But they want to really see, you know, what kind of meaningful way they can give back to the place they live. And we've got lots of ideas. I love, though, the what you mentioned, Vern, that intergenerational part of this time of year. It's the time of year when lots of families get together, kids, grandkids. I'll emphasize grandkids. That's, <laughs> that's the best. Um, and, and we want to not only share um, giving, but we also want to share our values. And we want to talk about that as a family, this is what we do, and this is why we do it. But um, I think there's a lot of cool ways that we can help families when they're sometimes, um, as we've talked about before, Dave, money isn't always an easy conversation. So how can we give families ideas or opportunities to to look at passing on those values, those, those giving values to the next or the next generation following? Well, and we just uh, recently were kind of informed of a family in need and uh, uh, gave us an opportunity to have some discussions to uh, how do we how do we help that family that's had kind of a health uh, health crisis kind of pop up on them and and need some resources and it's been a, a good opportunity. People reached out to to us here and we're kind of a connecting point and so several entities have been mobilized to to help that family uh, uh, and it, it's special this time of the year because it's the holidays you know kids should have Christmas uh, something under the tree if they can and you know expenses should be taken care of when maybe they're not so readily available um, and so that's a special joy that we have here about uh, making some of those connections and uh, um, so it's going to be a, a, a nice Christmas for some families and and we want that to be known if, if we can be that connection all year long, uh, we're here for that resource. And uh, the beauty of our world is we are connected. Uh, you know, um, you know, Mitz and I have been doing this for a long time, so we know a lot of people in this community and beyond. And so people reach out to us often about some resources. Matter of fact, uh, we were in, recently in a community that was talking about a campaign for a hospital. And... Uh, had some questions about the campaign, the feasibility study, and what our thoughts were, and uh, that's what we're here for. So if we can help any organization uh, be more confident, be more organized, be more efficient in, in what they're doing, and uh, and we're happy to, to be a part of that in any way, shape, or form we can, uh, um, because... The, when it's all said and done, it's not about us. It's not about the community foundation. It's it's not even about those that we talk to. It's about the the differences that are made by the money in motion, and uh, that's certainly where my heart is. Is how can we make a difference in the lives of individuals or the lives of nonprofits and who they serve or uh, or any of that and all of the above uh, through life. So, I think one of the things that that I admire most about the work that is done here is the fact that there are so many organizations, so many families that will come and say, you know, look at try to, to, they have this goal mm-hmm. and they want to try to accomplish something with this. And it's not necessarily about the foundation, but you also serve as a resource. You know, you can advise them and it, it may or may not benefit the community foundation. I don't think that that's necessarily what you're you know, sole purpose is, right? but it does help give them some direction on what they need sure. to know in order to accomplish their goals. 
Well, and a good example of that is this seems to be the time of the year where conversations of donor advised funds become a little bit more frequent because uh, people need to do something charitably. Uh, they don't make contributions because of taxes, but they're wise enough to know that if they if they can take advantage of tax uh, uh, tax efficiencies, they certainly will. And so setting up a donor advised funds allows them to make that gift, get that tax deduction, and then they can maybe delay the gifting decision until after the first of the year. And so that's why it's a little more uh, energetic in the in the DAF world, as we call it, uh, the last couple months of the year, because when they got plenty of time, they don't have to do that right away. Uh, and those are very efficient vehicles to, to do something, especially if you inherit money or you come into a, a size amount of money that you weren't expecting um, and really don't need it all for yourself uh, you know that's when Mitz and I can get in there and, and we're not necessarily the <clears throat> the legal expert on all of this stuff but we've done so many things with philanthropists in our professional lives that there's lots of gift vehicles that we can say hey you know I worked with this person in Sacramento and they set up this charitable lead trust this not, might match you at some point in time and so that's kind of what we do I think as much as anything so yeah lots of unique vehicles and really you know if you've seen one philanthropist you've seen one philanthropist because they <laughs> oftentimes have unique situations right. that require lots of um Different considerations, but your your mentioning uh, donor advised funds firms reminded me that one of our own colleagues, not don't have permission to name her, but she's a wonderful lady that lives in Sabetha. Um, she and her husband are gifting donor advised funds to their grandchildren for Christmas, mm. and I was blown away by that. I thought, wow, what a great idea, because you're putting dollars in a place where those young children are going to be able to make decisions about what they want to do, whether that's the local animal welfare organization or whatever. It's going to be a really important lesson for them. And uh, that's just, to me, that just, that gives me the feels. We work with a lot of nonprofit agencies, and this is a key time for them. So many of them count on gifts during this time of year? Generally, about 50% of their funds that come in, their donations, really? yeah, come in, in this at this time of year. Um, yeah, I, I remember when I worked at the K-State Foundation, you never took time off <laughs> this time of year. You know, and the closer it got to the right. year end, um, the closer you stayed to your telephone. <laughs> well, and we're, we're open here till through the 30th. The 30th is on Friday, so the 31st is on Saturday. We're not open on the 31st, but if people need to make gift decisions or if they just got together or they've been out of town for the holidays or business and this is the time they can do it, we're certainly going to be here to, to take advantage of those things. But, um, you know, and you know, the other crazy part is we're kind of in a rural community uh, here and in northeast Kansas where our partners are at, uh, but gifting of grain. This is a very popular vehicle this year because grain prices are up. And so it's another vehicle that people have chosen to, whether they want to put in a donor advised fund or if they want to just give to a charity. Uh, if there's a way to make a gift and receive some uh, personal tax advantages to it and do something charitable, you know, that's what we're here for to help facilitate that process. There are so many other different processes, you know, and you call them giving vehicles, Mitzi. Uh, you know, there are people that have cash. Yes. There are people that have, you know, we've talked about stocks and giving gifts of grain and whatever the case may be. And it's a not necessarily a one size fits all. True. 
uh, theory about how people can give. And oftentimes it's a combination. You know, so, so oftentimes people want to make a gift and they may have puzzle pieces. They may have some appreciated stock. They may have grain. They may have some cash. Art. <laughs> you, know, art mm. you name it. They may, yeah, an appreciated asset. Um, they may want to include the charity as part of their estate plan. And as Vern said, you know, don't have a legal license, not a licensed financial planner, but I do. Um, know that we work with excellent advisors throughout our community, many different ones. And so when an, when generally when an individual comes to me, that's the first thing I ask. You know, let's, let's bring the team together. Let's bring, if you work with a financial planner, plan, financial advisor, an attorney, whoever that, whoever that is, sometimes it's, it's family. Right. Uh, let's bring the team together and have that discussion. It's really an, an important part of, I think, Back to what you said earlier, Dave, ending at the end, feeling really good about what you've done and um, just experiencing the joy. There's such a great history about giving, you know, and and I don't know how many people have come to you with gold, frankincense, and burr, but maybe some gold. Uh, right but, here. We got the gold got, right got there. Gold so. coin right here for visual uh, uh, in the studio. It just happens to be filled with chocolate. And I don't think that that's really that's 24K. You can have that one. Don't take the big one. Um, but, but there are so many neat things that people can do, you know, right. whether it's the the traditions of giving go back, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And December is the month where, you know, there's there's the faith based aspect right. of giving. And that is a real inspiring opportunity for people. Mm-hmm. I think people and, and you talk about this, Mitzi, the joy of giving and the joy of the holiday season. However you celebrate the holidays. Correct. There's such a great history there. And I think there's a history for sure. I think the United States has got a really, I think we have a really special history. We, as I think a melting pot of many different cultures, Mm -hmm. continuing to be a melting pot, we bring so many of the values of supporting one another. You know, I I often think of the history of Manhattan, which I think is really fun. And I think about, you know, people came here for religious freedom, and then they literally had to help each other build their homes and build their businesses. And, um, you know, just the other day I was at a gathering with Bob DeBrian when he spoke about what makes Manhattan unique. And it really touched me. Right. Because... You know, he talks about his own journey and how the people, many of them that were in that room, um, made a difference in his life and really didn't just listen. They they rolled up their sleeves and they helped. Well, and we talk about this time of the year. Uh, it's a holiday time of season, but in our part of the country, it gets a little colder this time. And so there's a lot of times people are interested in, hey, what happens to these individuals that are kind of on the street, they're homeless in that process? Well, you talk about the faith community. Um, we have a church that's kind of opened up their basement during this time. We have a nonprofit that's uh, kind of established themselves to serve these homeless, make sure that you know they have a connection there. 
Um, we have a church that's doing a uh, uh, kind of a Christmas Eve uh, donation or, uh, you know, for this cause. And so uh, it, here's a situation where a community of individuals that none of them which know each other are doing something for a part of our population in this community uh, that is always heard of and they want to support. And we become the kind of the connector of all of that because they kind of came to us to start some things and it's uh, it's a beautiful story now they're going to know each other now in that whole process but they they all had a common thought not knowing each other and we were able to bring them together and uh, really serve the, the basic element as those individuals that are on the street in some very cold times of the year I think one of the great stories and I and I I, I suppose it came out of the pandemic is the community meals Right. You know, because that's an that's an arena where a lot of people, you know, just take it for granted. You know, we have the Flint Hills bread basket, we have all kinds of pantries and there's opportunities for people to find clothing, but to find a a, a warm meal in a warm place for a lot of people, that right. that that's impactful. And the right. community. I yeah. mean the fact that, you know, I know that people gather together and lots of people support that and lots of people join that. And, you know, to me the hardest part of this season I think of is when people may not have that community. Right. Well, food is a necessity, and uh, um, thankfully, through Common Table, all of our churches have kind of gotten together to provide that support. And uh, uh, we have the Food and Farm Council that are doing some things now as well. We got the bread basket, obviously, and they're working with harvesters. And so, you know, just taking an, taking advantage of the of the assets that we have in this case, the food product, and making sure that it gets used well. Um, there are things that expire on shelves that are still good. Uh, grocery stores that uh, uh, maybe don't want to sell them anymore, but they still don't have a product uh, uh, termination point, and so they're still good for others. And that's where you, you know some donation of those products come, and and it really helps out. And um, so excited about what we can do here through the Community Foundation and. Uh, it's an emotional time. I mean, I uh, I have found myself to well up a little bit in uh, in the in the process of doing this, but uh, gosh, it's so much fun to uh, make a difference in people's lives. I know one of the things people, and predominantly probably around Thanksgiving, people go around the table and say, "What are you thankful for?" And you know, this may be a time of year where you're you know you got your same family, your your nuclear family, or whatever the case may be, and sit around and talk about how can we help our community be better. What's an important charitable gift that I can make? How can I help? And families can, you know, talk about these things. And that helps create greater awareness. Right. Well, and that's, uh, we all have those conversations around our table. And, you know, and talking about the faith community, I mean, I'm a believer that we may all not all have the same belief, but we all believe in something. And we're all caring human beings. And, um, and so the idea that uh, uh, we can work shoulder to so- shoulder uh, in in making a difference in people's lives that's that's the key element to me. And um, we oftentimes focus on differences, and uh, I prefer that at least through the community foundation activities that we focus on similarities. And uh, uh, I think that makes the world a better place in in all concern. And I think we started talking about laughing and having fun we were doing this and uh, and that's to me is the 
that's the cruise that I want to go on. I, I, the cruise is every day uh, of joy and making a difference in somebody's life. So, Mitzi, you went through the um, effort to put together a month of giving timeline. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that because you you know, put some effort into this, that we didn't uh, <laughs> that we didn't throw this by the wayside in our podcast here today. But, you know, we talk about uh, giving, and I think that there's always, every year, the, the need and the awareness seems to increase. But giving goes back, you know, thousands of years. Right. So let's kind of talk a little bit about that timeline, because you go back 2,500 B.C. Yeah, I think, I think it's... The timeline really coincides with who we are as humans, mm-hmm. you know, and um, recognizing that I think, I think it was the Romans maybe that started this. Um, of course, you know they were good at taxing, um, but they <laughs> they're good at a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. But that society I think was the first to really recognize that once a year we need to support the poor uh, was the way they framed it. I think in today's world. There's a lot of different ways. Economically, we certainly want to support those in need. But, you know, I think of, um, we just met with Cornerstone folks yesterday, right. our, a nonprofit provider of mental health services in our community. You know, and, I, and I, that comes to mind to me as well. You know, in the history of man, you know, what is important to us? What do we, what do we need to give each other? Um, and having being blessed in this community to have many providers of those kinds of services, I think makes our community very special. However, what I think even lifts us historically, if I would say we're in in current times, is the collaboration we have. You know, you mentioned that, Vern. Um, So many people work together here, and that's, that's a unique thing, and I think it needs to be celebrated this time of year. You know, that our nonprofits don't stand alone. Uh, we we have a we have a meeting with them once a is it once a month, Vern? I'm, I'm still a uh, newbie here. We get them together as needed to, to to hear their needs, but share what's going on with us and see where we can have some uh, difference, make a difference in their lives. Of course, we have grant programs here, and and uh, uh, you know, so we want them to know when we have grant deadlines and things so that they can get involved in that. So, well, GMCF brings a real sense of continuity for for everybody that's involved. I think community foundations across our world do that. Um, you know, we're a we're a pretty new phenomena. Yeah. When were we started, Vern? Well, I think the I mean, there's community foundations that have been around a long time, but uh, for the most part, uh, Kansas probably has more community foundations than any other state, uh, mainly because we've embraced this affiliate model of what most people call it. We call it partners in our area. We have 16 partner communities that we work with, and uh, uh, a lot of community foundations are really they think of the big cities and a big foundation that's doing things. And and I think uh, from my perspective, being a small rural farm boy. Is I think there ought to be a shingle in every community that because those resources that were made in in those smaller communities, uh, community foundation is a way to keep those resources there rather than move them to a big city that they may never come back. And um, uh, so the community foundation world has really been about 20 years uh, in what I would consider an active part here in Kansas. Of course, our foundation here started in 1999, so we're just not much further than 20 years ourselves. And uh, 
so it's a growing element. Um, <clears throat> we've grown pretty fast here. We're closing in on being the largest. We're the second largest right now. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, we're just going to exponentially grow, you know, as this whole process continues to evolve and philanthropy and we seem to be a place that people enjoy coming and visiting and they enjoy our approach to it and uh and so uh, we love giving away money and it seems like the more we give the more we get, get. and uh <laughs> that gummit we just got to keep giving away more money so <laughs> <laughs> the joy of giving well and the joy of the holidays it all kind of uh, combines uh, in so many different aspects this has been delightful very, you know, inspirational. There's a lot of things, and, and we just encourage people to, to, you know, whatever their heart says, that they, the direction they want to go with giving. And it may not just be financially, but giving of their time, you know, during this time of year of to help others. I mean, there's so many, you know, the time, talent, treasures uh, right. uh, line comes back in. It's a time to have a conversation, and I really welcome folks. I'm you call our number, and I'm extension four. <laughs> so hit four if you have, you know, if you're thinking about something, if you have some thoughts, and you want to bounce ideas or hear about more opportunities. Um, I'm here. Love to have that conversation. Are you extension one? Uh, yes, I'm extension one because I got to make the extensions okay. up. So, uh, <laughs> well, another example I'd like to give is, uh, you know, Lincoln and Dorothy Deal left us some funds and we got a deal grants committee coming up here. And one of the requests was for some uh, funds supporting animals uh, in the program. Well, certainly that's something that the deals uh, have some interest in, but we have other funds here that are animal specific. And so it gives us an opportunity to utilize those funds in a very strategic way and so here again our theme is talk to us because we can we can leverage things many many ways and uh, and we want to help make a difference well we are in uh, 555 points avenue in colony square building second floor 269 is the suite and uh, of course mcfks.org is the website there's all kinds of uh, uh, interesting information you can learn so much about uh, what the foundation does there through the website and and we certainly appreciate those that uh, have been subscribing following our philanthropy today podcast because we want to make sure that everybody has a good understanding and that we can have in this conversational mode to talk about some of the great work that's being done throughout the the 16 partners as well as in the Manhattan community. Well, we uh, we thank people for listening, and uh, we just thank our our philanthropists and our community members. Uh, we're blessed to be in Manhattan. We're blessed to be in Kansas, and we're blessed to be in the United States. And so uh, we support entities uh, all over and internationally through the Community Foundation here, and uh, uh, we just want people to know that we're here to serve them in this philanthropic uh, travel that they uh, they arrange for. So, Mitzi, any final words? Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Indeed. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And the sweetest Sugar Bowl win in history. Ooh, you bet. <laughs> Keep up with Philanthropy Today by following or subscribing to our podcast on your favorite apps. To learn more about the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, visit our website at mcfks.org. Philanthropy Today is produced by Ad AdAstraCast. Follow us online at AdAstraCast.com.